Version. People have the day off, but not me and Brian Holman. That's right. We are here to talk sports. And Brian, what a night for college basketball last night. Tell me the, give me these settings at the uh, Coleman household in the Gonzaga UCLA game. Uh, it was, uh, I, I was uh, in my fortress of solitude. Yeah. Otherwise known as my little family, as my little family room. Uh, Saturday night, the, my kids, my kids are already in bed um, because they're like, we want, you know, we want to go to bed. Like they were excited to get up for Easter. So they said, we're, going to, we're not going to stay up late. Cool. Um, so it was basically just me by myself watching this game. And it was kind of a, what a good game to talk to somebody with, but uh, yeah. So yeah, but I enjoyed it in solitude, watched the whole thing. Um, you yell when they hit the shot and wake up the whole house. I didn't. My wife, I didn't know this. My wife was like in our bedroom watching of like the mute, with the mute button on sound off. Yeah. Um, so she saw, I didn't know I would have watched with her. Um, She's, you know, five minutes to go. She doesn't have an idea when it's going to overtime. I'm going to get up and go sit with my husband and watch this. Yeah, oh, geez, oh, you know, well, you know, marriage, you know, every marriage is different. But yeah, I did kind of do it. Uh, do it. Um, I made a little Yelp. Um, it was a great game. It's funny, and I'll. I, we're going to get into the game, but it's just you talk about setting the scene. This was the first time in a lot of years, Eric. I mean. Yeah. I did not see one, and not because I was out, or I you know, like you, you're working this week, you know, like you're, you're at work this weekend. Not because I was out, or I was work, or not because I was working or had some prior commitment. I didn't see one second of the first game of the Baylor Houston game. Me neither. I was out uh, late afternoon, running some last minute Easter errands, getting some dinner for. We did a little nice little takeout dinner last night because we were all too lazy. We had a busy, busy Saturday. Just all kinds of stuff. So I get in the car and I'm heading home and I'm seeing it started earlier. I thought it started at 5 30. So I'm seeing the score. And then by the time I get home, it's halftime and it's a 25 point halftime game. Thank but, you. And I'm just like, I'm sitting down to eat with the family. The, even my girls who have been into it the first end of the tournament since the start, and they're still bummed that we didn't do a women's bracket, which is a big fault of mine that I dropped the ball and forgetting to do that. They're like, oh, it's a blowout. Let's, we, didn't turn, we didn't turn it on. Nothing. So that was weird. because I, my point is in this rambling is that I think myself, like a lot of other people thought that's just going to be the USCLA uh, uh, Gonzaga game. That game's going to be a blowout. I hope Houston Baylor is going, going to be good. Yeah. So I'm sitting there going, man, this final four is going to suck. We're going to get two blowouts and, you know, me flipping around trying to find a Magnum PI episode or some, some crappy movie on TV by like nine 30 at night, asking my wife if she wants to watch something. Wrong. I was actually I was actually off yesterday, so I was home. We had run around. We had crazy stuff going on too. My daughter had hockey. My son had baseball. My son had hockey. So we were everywhere. Um, and I worked Friday. So make a long story short, I was home, and I was doing some stuff, getting ready for dinner because I knew my daughter was going to be coming home hot from a hockey game with my wife. And I, like you, saw the score on my phone, and I saw they were down eighteen. Like in the first, I'm like, I never even turned it on. Nope. I made a fire in the backyard, made a fire in our backyard and had something to eat when the kids got home and relaxed. And then we came inside and we actually turned, we were watching something else and we turned on the game. I want to say about 15 minutes to go. When we saw, when I saw the score was close, my kids were, we were watching, I don't know, HGTV or whatever. And I said the game was close. And then of course my kids want to stay up. My daughter's 13 and a half. My son's going to be 12 next month. Uh, So we let them stay up. And it was funny at when, when the regulation ended, 
my son turns and goes, Dad, I can't keep my eyes open. <laughs> and oh, we have, a big, yeah. we have a big L couch in our living room. So we're all on the couch. I said, but just close your eyes. It's fine. And he fought it. And then whenever UCLA tied it and then hit the shot, he was so – my kids – my daughter was just stunned. They're both big sports nuts. They were stunned. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, didn't have a dog in the fight. But, man, did I said it tonight on the air. I don't know how you feel. But that was a shot in the arm we all need that a drug maker can't produce. It's a good line, my friend. Nice, that's a nice line to deliver to the TV audience. Yeah, yeah, man, it was just unbelievable. It lived up to the hype. Um, UCLA, I know. And my, I talked to my dad last night. He's like, you know, whoever made the UCLA an 11 seed, boy, they really missed the mark. I'm like, I, they really, they really did it. I mean, I was looking at like they didn't have a great regular season, but just Not hot. Know, they had a lot of just now. They had some disruptions from COVID. We know that our our local teams have those issues. But just they were amazing. I, I saw their field goal percentage. They were like nine for nine for the game from like 15 feet. Just incredible. And if you're going to pull off one of those mammoth upsets, usually you have to do something like just hit all your shots. I know that sounds pretty basic. Yeah. Uh, and the la- yeah. And I loved, I loved, I loved, loved the sequence. I didn't have any issues with the refereeing down the stretch or the coaching. I thought that charge late, late in the game was a, was a, was a perk, was a great call. It was the right, right call, and I love Mark Few, the Gonzaga coach. After UCLA ties this game in the first overtime, and there's 3.3 on the clock, I love Mark Few sent, just saying, no timeout, just go. And, the kid, and I thought the other thing was the kid sucks who hit the shot. He, I, it, it, go, it sort of maybe goes unnoticed. His clock, his internal clock or whatever, was perfect. Yep. He knew exactly how much time he had. And the, how much time, how far he could go before he had to stop and let it shoot. Because we've seen a couple times in the tournament, like guys, you know, flinging up shots from hot court, hot court with two seconds on the, on the clock. Yeah. So wonderful job by him. And then I, of course, went on social media and asked, because you get caught up in the moment. Uh, Greatest game ever. Is this the best college game ever? Well, I mean, it's top five. I mean, listen, I love the Tate George shot game against Clemson. Different circumstance. It wasn't right. a four game. You know, Villanova's upset at Georgetown. I was a little too young for that. Uh, I re- that's sort of the first one I remember, like first college game I remember, like really watching. Leitner yeah. hitting the shot against Kentucky was a great game. I hate Duke, but that was a great. So I mean, listen, it was a great game. I, I have a question about the officiating, and I, I'm Grant Hill is smarter than I am when it comes to rules. I'm assuming, but I thought Suggs actually followed the guy when he went to dunk the ball. He hit his hand. He didn't hit the ball. So it was the hand <laughs> part of the ball. Because if you're and they replayed it, and Hill said that's and there was no foul. He hit his hand. He did not hit the ball. He hit his okay. hand when he was trying to dunk the ball. Well, then I missed that because I sort of heard Grant Hill say that, and I accepted it. And so he hit his hand. He didn't get any piece of the ball. It was all hand. Well, then I, I then the officials did miss one, and I was wrong. I but again, I, I, that one of those calls where you hear when you're oh, the hands part of the ball. It went, it's neither here nor there. Great game. I agree with you 100. I loved it. And like I yep. said on TV today, it was a shot in the arm that the sports world needed that didn't come from Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson. I know. Just natural high of great sports and great – and then, you know, it's one of those things. I know the kids in UCLA, it, it hurts them, but that game is going to be – that's, that's going to be a Kentucky 1992. It sucks that you lost that game, but you guys are going to be remembered forever. I don't know who the hell – I mean, some of these games, you, you forget them six months later. You're not going to forget that game. How about going back a little, Second time this has happened to Mick Cronin. yeah. Jalen Adams from UConn hit a three-quarter court shot at the buzzer to beat him in a conference tournament game. When he was at Cincinnati, correct? Yeah, when he was at Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I kind of remember that. Yeah, I will. I then we'll, I don't. I don't get a lot to get through. I will say this: 
and I'm maybe I'm being an annoying jackass yeah. going back to Grant Grant going back to Grant Hill. If I have one complaint about last night's game, I know nothing, I know where you're I going. have nothing. It has nothing to do with the game itself. This is the second time in five years. I know where you're going with this. I know. Can Jim Nance and those Stop guys up. shut the hell up? After a shot like that, and let the damn moment breathe. I was so bothered by Nance. Joe Buck, you can hate him all you want. In a big moment, he shuts his mouth and he lets his analyst chime in. Nance, I can't understand Nance. It's loud. His voice is cracking. I can't, but be quiet. Call the shot, let it breathe, and let Hill. And then you listen. I love Raph. I wanted to hear Raph. And you Raph buried it up him. too. 10, 12 seconds later, he gives you, you know, there's onions, Jim Nance, and there's major onions in the kiss. And, and Nance had to, he got in the way of the call. Nance and Rath got in the call five, four years ago against the, with the Chris Jenkins, Chris Jenkins shot for Villanova in the championship game. They were like, it was for the national title, and they should have just let it breathe. And they were trippity all over each other's words again last night. Because you, I blame Nance. He's the, he is the... He is the quarterback of that broadcast. He has to shut his mouth. Well, you know, I know he's Jim Nance. It's hard for any producer, even the number one produ- producer and the number one ba- in, uh, basketball cover- basketball team to maybe overrule Jim Nance, but you like, cut the mics or something. Because you mentioned the Leitner shot. And one of the great parts about the Leitner shot, and we've seen that replay, you know, if you're our age and it's almost 30 years old, 100 times. And one of the wonderful parts about that is Vernon Lundquist, who was awesome. I miss Vernon Lundquist. Super underrated all-time play-by-play guy. Uh, football, basketball, golf, whatever. He's on there with Len Elmer. Leitner takes his two dribbles, hits a shot. Lundquist screams, yes! And then for three minutes, there is silence from that booth. Yeah. You, you get you you get your story from the, the pictures and from the sounds of the crowd. And I don't know, dude. I know I'm nitpicking, but it drove me. I saw, I saw Chris Russo. It drove me nuts because it was the same thing from five years ago. No, we, I actually rewound it at home because I couldn't hear what Raph was saying because Nance was talking too much and then they were fighting over it. It just annoyed me. It just, let your color commentator talk, period. Every famous sports moment, you know, to, do, you be, do you believe in miracles? Yes. 90 seconds of silence, you know. See you tomorrow anything. night, Jack Buck. See you tomorrow night. Right. So, okay. Old man rant done. I thought it was one of the three greatest games I've ever seen. I'm putting up there with Duke uh, and, uh, and Kentucky, which is almost 30 years old. How can that almost be 30 years old? With that being said, I'm rooting like hell for Baylor on Monday night. So, Dude, I'm going to tell you, I just love the fact that we all love upsets and we all love to see, like, you know, a, a you know, something like Texas Tech a few years ago, make it to the finals um, because Texas Tech in the basketball finals. When do you ever see that? I I just think this is the best college basketball matchup. These are the two best teams, I think. I don't know which way I'm pulling. I hope it's an awesome game because this is like, yep. you're not getting cheated. If Gonzaga's going to, to finish with a perfect season, they're going up against the best team still left. Yep, good luck. Yep. So we, so we go from the high of the men's final four to the UConn women with, um, I don't know. I, don't, I, I mean, you want to say a dud he wrote in our notes here. I just thought that, that things weren't going their way. And as young players do, sometimes they didn't respond. I thought people were blaming Gino online, which I thought was out of line. The guy called a bunch of timeouts. He was trying to get his, and in Gino after the game said that when things went wrong, his team was pouting, which I know some people didn't like that word to use, but. 
Um, I think it's a young team. It's one of those things, the maturation process. And Kristen Williams said before, after the game, we took them too lightly. We thought Baylor was going to be the hardest game. We took them lightly. We thought we were going to win the game. So when a player says that, that's the vibe that the players had going into the game and they got burned. That's very, very, very bad. Because I know psychologically it's probably hard not to feel that way going in, but. Four um, straight final four losses for Gino R.E.M. in the champion in the semifinal game. He's 11 and 0 in the championship game. But I believe he's eleven and ten now in the semifinal game, which is crazy. I didn't really go too too deep into the analysis of the whole thing because I just thought like you can't. They 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 you know at the end of they just they did they shot poorly. They shot fifty one percent from the field. Their best player was average. Paige Beckers was average. Yeah, she didn't you know, and yeah. nobody else stepped up. It's like okay, like if you shoot thirty one percent and the other team's motivated, they can feel it. Um, I love the other coach doing her thing at the end of the game. I know she got criticized, but hey, man, you got to have an fu attitude if you're trying to slay a giant. And, yeah, uh, I guess that was the other big story coming out of it. I saw it when it was. I was watching, obviously, when it happened. Then I went, "Oh boy, that's not good." But you know, her explanation. I don't think she has to apologize for it. I got. I'm not going to lie to you. I got a couple emails from viewers at Channel Eight saying that was a classless thing. You got. You should go on TV and destroy her. Nah. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. If my daughter, again, not my daughter, who's like nine years old now, but if my college age daughter is playing for that coach and she's, that's like, you know, like, you know, we got to give a big F you to the world. I'm like, you know what? I agree hundred percent. And I hope you guys go out and do it. I had and no here's the thing that at the, all. One of the things they're upset about Brian too is these aren't kids. I mean, they the are, NCAA, but they're not five-year-olds. She said the NCAA made a final four video and left Arizona out of it. How does that happen? Eric, do you want to go? Because I don't have time. I don't, we do not have the time to go through all the things the NCAA, particularly with women's sports, has screwed up in the last. Well, geez, just in the last. But two weeks months. ago, you two weeks ago, you're getting destroyed for the the equity issues of the weight room and the the swag and everything else, and then you leave one of the teams out of the Final Four promotional video and the whole. They don't even use the words March Madness with women's basketball, which is all, you do a half hour about that. I mean, that's a joke. I have about a. Eric, I, I have a, I have a, I would not. If you told me the president of the NCAA did not know who was in the women's final four, all four teams, I would be shocked. Yeah, he's a joke. All yeah. right, so listen, we got a, we got some other things we want to take care of here. Major League Baseball. We, uh, I'll start with your Mets, just because they haven't played a game yet. And as a fan, <laughs> yeah. that's we're taping this on a Sunday night. Their series against the Washington Nationals is wiped out because. Nationals had several instances of COVID, and it's so funny. They go the whole spring training without a problem. They fly home, and one of their players tests positive, close contact for others, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. They don't play. They open against the Phillies on Monday night. So, uh, it was, you know, like you just find out Thursday afternoon, and, uh, you know, even if you don't think your team's going to do much, everybody, if you're a baseball fan, you love, love, love opening day. So that just sucked. Yeah, you know, watching here for the whole weekend while everybody else's team is playing. How come my team's not playing? Um, so yeah, that sucked. The only good thing I guess about it is I don't like opening day on a Thursday. Uh, I'm used to, like I said, tomorrow, a month being Monday the fifth, is back to the what it was for me growing up, like the traditional, like great that great Monday early in April, where baseball season is opens on a Monday and you have the national championship game that Monday night. It's a perfect sports day and night. No, so I, I got that going for me tomorrow night, but yeah, I've been a little miss, bummed about missing the first, uh, about them missing the first series of the year. When Easter is early, like it is this year, I think, I mean, listen, I don't know if people of the Catholic faith will get mad at me, but um, what I think they should almost do like a open on good Friday 
and play all day. Have a game at noon, a game at two, a game at four, like almost like an NCAA tournament opening round type. Just have – you want to watch baseball, you have eight or nine, ten games on all day long. So you can dip in and out, watch it. I'm fine with that. I'm fine game. with that. I know it's a regional game, but it would be nice if they just kind of try to carve out it and make opening day important again, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, the Mets uh, didn't play. Um, the Yankees did play three games. Their first series is complete as of this afternoon. and uh, Lose two out of three, don't hit on a Sunday afternoon, lose three to one to Toronto, which already has Yankee fans annoyed because it's the feast or famine offense. But I got to tell you, man, I-, I watched a bunch of baseball games this weekend. The game, mm-hmm. the game is in trouble. There's, they don't put the ball in play. There's too many. I mean, we've talked about this. It's there's no one hits the ball. It's it's strikeouts or home run. It's 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 tough to watch. It really is tough to watch. Well, I took away this. I, I hear what you're saying. I was thinking the same thing. My first reaction to like the Yankees not hitting this weekend because a lot of teams weren't hitting this weekend. The Braves got swept in Philadelphia. I don't think they pitchers are always ahead of the hitters. I get it's dude, especially the, especially when you start the season this early in April and like in the East and the Northeast especially. It's friggin' cold, and when it's friggin' cold, hitters don't hit, and the pitchers have the advantage. And guess what? The first series of the season, if you're in cold weather and your hitters aren't already hitting, it's the first series, which means. Most teams are going up against the other team's number one and number two starters. So again, advantage pitchers. But I love what you just mentioned about you know they're not doing like being able to advance the run like you know hit or hitting situations. You know the Yankees lost the first game in ten innings, their first game against Toronto, and the next day you and they we I hate this rule, but it's in the rec, it's going to be in the rule books for at least all 162 games this year. We're in the tenth inning, in extra innings. You start the, you know, the the inning with a runner on second base, yep. and yes, the day after the Yankees lose in ten innings, I have to hear about well, you know, Aaron Hicks, you know, didn't even move the run over. I bet it. When was the last time Aaron Hicks was even asked to bunt? Here's my problem: we've known for a while that this stupid rule, and it's a stupid rule, is going to be in effect for at least this season. You have six weeks of spring training, your major league baseball players and managers and coaches. Can you maybe take like one day a week, say Tuesdays, and just friggin' work on the bunt? Yep. Is that too much? Can we maybe do that? And listen, I get it. Relievers are coming in throwing 99 miles an hour. So it's not like the old days when, you know, you try to knock the starter out in the sixth inning because you wanted to get to the middle relief guys in the seventh and eighth. They don't exist anymore. Those guys are coming in throwing gas. So I, I don't yeah. know. And hitters are worried about launch angles. They're not trying to go to the opposite field. Red Sox get swept at home by the Baltimore Orioles. One of the headlines from the weekend, Matt Harvey. Pitched all right, four innings or whatever it was. for Four and two-thirds innings. Gave up, I think, three runs. I think six hits was his bucks. I'm rooting for Matt Harvey. You know, I'm a Mets fan. Some Mets fans don't. I I will always root for Matt Harvey. I think he gave his literally, almost literally, I I hate to use the word literally, but he gave his right arm for that Mets team to – help push into the world series social media seemed a little divided about that as well about if you're a met fan should you root for matt harvey i i guy's not, you know like him. i mean you know the guy had a tough tough injury had tough surgery why don't you go get a surgery to have a, a rib taken out of the side of your body um so i'm rooting for him i hope i wish him the best and quickly on the red sox because i know we got a lot of red sox people in our in our listening audience uh sorry but it looks like a continuation of last season with it picked up right i think i think the red sox are gonna stink I thought Alex Cora was Miller Huggins, by the way. Yeah, not so much. No, it's all about, you know, you don't have Chris Sale. You don't have some of the, the pitchers you had when he was there last time. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, I mean, I just, 
maybe do it, you know, maybe instead of like uh, trading uh, Francisco Lindor, uh, Francisco Lindor, trading Mookie Betts, you should have done, you know, just held on to him and paid him. Yeah, that was a tough call. I mean, a lot of people thought Mookie didn't want to stay there anyway, but I get it. He might, you know, that's a very fair point. He might have just not wanted to be in Boston anymore. Yeah, you know. It's happened before. So it's happened before. We're going to keep talking about Major League Baseball. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, Major League Baseball decides to pull the plug on the All-Star game in Atlanta, Georgia, due to some new voting rights legislation. So we'll talk about that, and we'll try to not get in trouble by talking about it. That's coming up right after this. All right. All right. Let's listen. Uh, man, I don't know about you, Eric, but uh, we, had some, we had a nice Easter dinner. Credit to my wife. She did all the cooking for this holiday dinner. She was awesome. We had way too much food for just the four of us. But hey, I mean, you got to get it done. Uh, and it was nice. I appreciate it. And like, listen, if you're going to eat, you got to shop. You got to shop. You got to go to the store, right? Not always. Why don't you try out Instacart? Instacart does the shopping for you. You use Instacart. They shop for you and deliver groceries to your home, sometimes in as little as under two hours from when you put in your order. And what's super easy to use is just the way you can go on Instacart.com and sign up in like three minutes. They shop at your local stores. You're not going to some store you've never heard of. They're going to find you the best produce, best and freshest produce. And that's really important, especially as spring comes along. We want to get the freshest fruits and veggies. And what's cool about right now, a little offer if you've never used Instacart before. New users, check this out. Get $10 off your first three, your first three Instacart orders of over $35 by using the promo code 30OFF3NEW. That's 3-0-OFF, number three, N-E-W. Write, that out, write it down. 30OFF3NEW. 30, 30 That's $10 off your first three. First three Instacart orders of over 35 bucks or more. But let me tell you this, it ain't lasting too long. Okay. This is gonna this whole thing's gonna drop out of sight on by by April 11th. So what's today? April 4th. You got another week. So if you're listening to us this week, sign up, do it now, get shopping and save. Go on to the EDBC pot, go to edbcpodcast.buzzsprout.com, click on one of our episodes. We'd love you to listen. We'd love you to click on the Instacart link you see there. Go there, shop from home, start your account by clicking on the link there. If you use that link on our website, we get a little love. So it's great for us, and you're going to love it. Shop from home. Shop with Instacart. All right, so the news this week, uh, Major League Baseball decides to pull their all-star game from Atlanta, Georgia, due to some disagreements they have with new legislation that uh, allegedly limits voting rights down there. Again, this is a very political football. I think mm -hmm. we spend more time talking about was Major League Baseball right or wrong for doing that? I listened to a lot of talk radio on Friday afternoon. I was driving around. I finished work around 3, so I was able to flip around and listen to some different things, some different points. Um, I'm just going to be honest. I think it was a bold move by Major League Baseball, but they really want to impress me, keep doing other things, and, and we'll see where this goes. Yeah, um, yeah, I know it's it's tricky. I know because you're in the the news and you know sports journalism business. It's tricky for you. I get it. I get you. Um, uh, I if you don't know the story, I mean, if you're listening to us, Google it. I mean, you can find out about Georgia election laws, and there's a lot there that's troubling from my point of view. So I uh, and just flat out wrong from again my point of view, my opinion. So I applauded Major League Baseball. I hear what you're saying. Um. And again, it's, I was reading someone today and I think it's true. It's not like, don't buy into this notion that Atlanta 
is going to be like hurt or they're going to make, they're going to lose out of hundreds of millions of dollars. If what I was reading today was true, a lot of times these huge events, they kind of break even uh, because they just do, you know, it's not the hot dog vendor. I heard that. I yeah. But that's, I mean, I get it. You know, I get it, but again, but that sort of thing becomes a wash because the crowds, the f- folks that are usually downtown Atlanta folks, they stay out of town that weekend because all the crowds and the all-star game are in town. So it's a little bit of a wash again, but I applaud major league baseball. I didn't think they would do it. They always seem to be the major league sport. That's always behind on anything. That's like that. If you want to say political activism, I thought it was the right thing to do. If you read a, Twitter, a lot of players loved it. Uh, Francisco Lindor spoke about him earlier. I know he tweeted out something to the effect, I am so proud to be a Major League Baseball player right now. It hits a lot of people hard. It's a big issue for a lot of people. Um, and I think Major League Baseball did the right thing. I'd like to see, again, my opinion, my opinion. Yep. I'd like to see it be the first of many. Uh, if there's a Super Bowl, I would say pull that Super Bowl out of there. If you have a bowl game, pull the bowl game out of Georgia. If you, quite frankly, if you're in a conference, don't go to Georgia to play the game. Figure something out. I mean, I that's how serious I think. Again, I think this is. Yeah. The trick, you know, the trickier, trickier part is the uh, there happens to be a pretty, pretty big sporting event coming up in Georgia this week. Yeah, and it's the the listen. If you think if you think the Masters are going to do anything based on pressure from others, all those golfers are going to go down there. They I, maybe they'll surprise me and use it as a week to try to spread their. Uh, You're kidding uh, yourself. Appointment with that, but they're going to go down there. They're going to play. I already saw tweets today after Jordan Spieth once saying, "On our way to Georgia." Uh, to here we go, Augusta. Here we come, Augusta. So. There's no one's going to pull corporate sponsorship or anything like that. And quite frankly, the guys that run the Masters are a lot of the same guys are writing laws down there as it is. So I was going to say, if you think the people running the Atlanta, uh, what is it called? The, the Atlanta, the Augusta National Golf Club uh, are super upset about some of these new laws in Georgia. Think again. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. Yeah. So uh, Keith Olbermann, you know, I know you're opinionated guy. You could tweet out all you want about PJ tour should approach uh, should, you know, not should just ban, not ban, but PJ should, PJ players should pull out of Augusta this weekend. CBS shouldn't show it. People shouldn't watch it. I mean, that that's a pipe dream. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. That's not happening. And, no, and, not and happening. since I'm, yeah, and I'm a hypocrite because yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to watch. I'm sorry. I, I probably shouldn't if I, because I'm getting on my high horse here one minute then going, yeah, I'm going to watch. But so I don't know. The Billy Paynes of the world and all those guys, they're not going to change anything. They're just going to, they're going to say maybe they, they probably won't even address it. You know, they're here. They're going to say they're here to take up our golf. If you've done any deep reads on Augusta and the, the Augusta golf club and then the masters, there is no institution or, or, or no institution is the wrong word. There is no organization that has more pious, more sense of self-importance, uh, a more sense of arrogance than the Augusta National Golf Club. Jim Nance can't say the word fans, folks. He has to say the gallery. They're, that's all you need to know. Right. It is. I mean, you just read it. It's, it's, it's insane. The chairman's name for years was Hootie. All right? Yeah. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. But listen, again, I, I, I listened to talk radio. I was, I was, I'm not, I was, I love Chris Russo, but I was furious with his take on it. He went to the business side of it, but he argued with callers about different things and, and like Brian said, we can talk about specific things that we don't like. And there's a lot of things I do not like. And it just, it, it was upsetting 
to listen to some people basically say tough, you know what, you know, get your ID sooner, do that. Again, I don't have to get into it, but it just, it is such a polarizing issue. And to, to some of us, it seems pretty cut and dry what's going on. And to the nitwits out there who are saying like, I don't want sports in my pol- politics mixing. Po- sports and politics is mixed forever. And it always will. Jesse Owens, 1968, you know, or Muhammad Ali. I mean, give me a break. Stop it. Stop There's it. actually this is actually a point where, and again, they pulled out without the players even voting on it. It seems like Major League Baseball was driven by cor- corporate sponsor pushback, whatever it took. So the but one thing I will it, say it is cool that players, at least in some leagues, I was saw the NBA, do have a way with their visibility to make some some impact, some change that goes beyond sports. That's all I'll say. So when the Braves are home on Friday for their home opener against the Phillies, they're going to be Phillies players. They're going to be speaking out against this. What's the, what do you do if you're uh, getting ready to play a regular season game in Atlanta next week? I have no idea. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Because as we know, baseball tends to be a little less, I don't want to say radical, but a little more, I don't, I don't also want to say conservative, but a little bit more uh, less inclined and this means a lot, and this goes for a lot of the players, less inclined to get involved in some of these social issues. Yep. And again, it's just frustrating no matter what side you're on to like to have such disagreements about this. It's tough, man. It's tough. The world is a very divided place and it's and not, it, not coming. Yeah, it is. It's and it doesn't it's gonna be divided, you know, for the foreseeable future. But if I could offer a suggestion to Rob Manfred, uh, you know, if you're looking for a place, I mean, hopefully if we, as long as the, the city can get the numbers down, hey man, city field. Why not? You don't come up to New York. We'll I heard you. a better idea. They're supposed to honor Henry Aaron. How about Milwaukee? Oh, Milwaukee. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. You know, they're going to honor Hank Aaron, who passed away, the longtime Brave. Can't yep. do it in Atlanta? Go to Milwaukee. He played in Milwaukee. Better, better actually, kind of maybe a better setting for it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So, we've gone through a lot so far, but we have one more segment to take care of. You have a list of only four people. I know Eric Clapton. Was he a last week guy on Sirius XM? They were celebrating. Eric Clapton's 76th birthday, by the way. So I'm glad. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't know Eric Clapton celebrated a birthday this week. 76 years old. I think we did, him. we did him last year, though. I'm almost We did do him last year, I remember. But it was fun listening to the radio on the on the classic vinyl when they were playing lots of old Clapton stuff. So that's never a bad thing. Yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> All right, we got one more break to take, and then Brian's going to hit me with his birthday list. Brian, take it away. Oh, spring is here. Don't we love it? Oh, spring. Uh, so... Baseball, you know, going outside, light out after uh, dinner time here in the East Coast. Love it. Well, spring is here. and want to open up those windows at night, enjoy some fresh air, get a good night's sleep. And it also helps with a good night's sleep. A great mattress in this spring, all's well, at allswellhome.com. Want you to have a chance at a superior mattress at a superior price. I don't know what that means. Let me try that again. A superior mattress at an affordable price. That makes more sense. I don't know. I think I wrote that. Okay. Yeah. And a superior mattress at a more affordable price. Now through April 14th, take 15% off all mattresses as all as all at allswellhome.com. Allswellhome.com. Use the promo code SPRING, like in the season. Spring. Now between between now and April 14th. Use that that promo code SPRING. Take 15% off your mattresses. And also has great mattresses starting as low as 345 bucks. And that's awesome. You ain't beating that price. I take it from a man who's shopped for more than one uh, one mattress in his lifetime. Hey, do us a little favor. Go to the EDBC podcast site. That's edbcpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Click on any one of our episodes. They're all terrific. 
and they all have a link to allswellhome.com. If you click on that link, use that promo code. Again, that promo code is spring through now through April 14th. Take 15, sign up, take 15% off your mattress purchase, start sleeping great. And using by using that link, you're gonna get a little, you know, a little love for our podcast show. And that helps me sleep better at night. So save well and sleep well at allswellhome.com. All right, busy week of birthdays, uh, not on Brian's list, but on my list. My uh, mother-in-law celebrates her 70th on Monday. My soon-to-be sister-in-law celebrates her birthday on Monday. And my lovely wife celebrates her birthday on Friday, which will probably be at my daughter's hockey game on Friday night in the regionals. So I, I begrudgingly admit this because I hate, I feel like getting old. I can't, when I tell people I was born in 1972, it keeps making me, and now I really feel old. But also your co-host, uh, your podcast co-host uh, celebrates her birthday tomorrow. Your birthday's tomorrow? Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. So your wife and your, who, who else has a birthday tomorrow? My wife, my mother-in-law, and my brother's fiance. Ah, uh, well, yeah, good. April birthdays are good. Nice. Your birthday, first part of the April, nice spring. Love it. Boy, so, yeah, but happy birthday year, all that. Last year, your 40s? Woofa. Yeah, dude. Oh. Stoop, still wicked immature. I, uh. I don't mind a couple of years from now turning 50. I don't think I hated 35 for some reason. I don't know why I just hated 35. I hated, I don't think I hated, I don't, I don't think I liked 30 for some reason. I don't know why I was, you know, I was still single. It was a neat schlub. I don't, I don't remember 40. 40 was actually nice. My wife and I with our, like our infant, she was like only 10 months old, took a little trip. Um, my, my 40th birthday president was actually, my wife took me to, I can't get through a podcast without mentioning them. Uh, Dallas Cowboys fan. She took me on a surprise stopover in Texas on the way to see my parents in Arizona. We spent two days in the Dallas area, went and saw Jerry World, toured the whole Jerry World, you know, went down and saw the stadium. My daughter walked on the on the, sta- on the stadium, you know, the playing field or crawl because she couldn't walk it. That was a lot of fun. Great memory of my 40th birthday. I imagine for my 50th birthday, I'll get like a card. My 50th, I want to go to Wrigley Field. That's Really? You've never been? If I don't get there before then, I want to go to Wrigley. I want to spend a week in Chicago. I want to go to some blues clubs. I want to go see the Cubs, maybe the White Sox. I want to do all that. That's what I want to do. I'm with you, man. Chicago is one of those places I've only been to like a couple times at the airport and like driving through on the way to a place. Like I had a wedding out near Chicago. Not not me, but somebody's wedding. But I'm with you. I, I That's a great idea. I'd love to spend like a long weekend in Chicago and just soak it all in. You, you know, we're, we're used to like, you know, we live here, like sometimes we take for granted that we live like an hour away from New York City, which is still my favorite city in the world. But like you forget, like uh, there's other great cities I'd love to check out. So your idea, I think is a great plan. You should do it. Yeah, we have a long list of uh, places to check out and hopefully in the next few years we'll get there. Yeah, shots in the air, man. Back up, you know what I mean? Get them up. Get them in. Get them in. All right, who you got on this list of yours? Uh, they're all uh, – we have th- three uh, entertainers, actors, and then uh, an actress. I guess they're all – Yeah. They're all actors. But. The actress made me feel friggin' old because she's like three days older than me, and I for some reason I thought she'd be older, but whatever. All right, let's start off with uh, everyone's favorite, you know, you know, just always a fun-loving guy, never in the news for a bad thing, always just has a smile on his face, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, man, he is a classic actor, comedian, uh, pulls off the Trump uh, on SNL. It's funny doing that. He which is, he's finally stopped doing, which I think yes. is actually a good thing. I think it was getting I, a little played out. I agree 100%. You never want to mess with him at a street in New York City, apparently, if you're a paparazzi or whatever. Well, and, he might have. He might not always be the world's cuddliest dad, it seems. but Not the best voicemail for his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, not, not ideal. Look it up if you haven't heard it. Yeah. He's got to be, uh, I'm going to say 60. No, uh, 63. Uh, plus minus. I'm in my, I'm in my ratio there. All right. Still hang around. Long Island guy, born and raised still, uh, you know, New York still lives in New York city. Um, uh, life, some of his movies I love a lot of them I've never seen or don't really care for, but it's all good. Had a nice career. Yeah. Who's next? But he, he felt old. Then I'm like, man, he's 63. Yeah. Like, and then I'm like, oh, right. And like, oh, the hunt for October, which I loved him at. We talked about that. Never freaking is night. You should see it. You'd, you'd, li- you'd like that one. I know I've said that before, but you'd like that movie. No, I would just, that was like, that was 30 years ago, 1990. Next one, again, one of our favorites, especially from our childhood when we probably shouldn't have been watching him or listening to him because, you know, it was a little adults only material, but yeah, uh, just a, an icon to me. Uh, Eddie Murphy. His first couple of comedy albums are some of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. And are so inappropriate nowadays. Yeah, he would be, which is fine. We learn, you know, things that we thought were acceptable back in the day, not so much now, but they were incredible at the time. Yeah. His, the, the record, I don't remember what it was called, but it was before Delirious. Um, when you're leaving your lights on the car and the car's talking to you, I can't, I don't want to do the bit, but it was, oh, he was hysterical. Was hysterical. Yeah. I don't have an interest in seeing Coming to America too, but he's hysterical. So you don't, don't have an, you don't have an interest. No, none. No interest at all. I, want to, well, I know I'm, I'm sidetracking like I do every week with birthdays. Did you like the first one? You know, I don't even remember. I, I remember, I, I think I saw it once. You know? Yeah, I think I did too. I saw it in the movies, and I think I may have seen it once on cable after that. So, all right, we can. If, if, 48, if 48 Hours comes on or Trading Places comes on, I'm going to watch it. Trading Places is on uh, one of the cable channels like a few nights ago, and I watched the last hour of it. Yeah. yeah. And, for, and 48 Hours has been my – I think I've never put 48 Hours hours now like my top three favorite movies of all time. Listen, Beverly Hills Cop was a huge movie. Great. I loved it. Loved you it too. Watch that right now and love every second of it. He's great. Uh, Eddie Murphy, I think, is – I think he's 58. He is – He well, we're talking about, like, um, you know, special birthdays. He's actually – he's not 58. He's, you know, uh, celebrating a special round number birthday. Eddie Murphy, get ready, Eric, is 60. All right. Yeah, because you think about it, early 80s, he was on Saturday Night Live, so he's probably he was, about- 20 yep. years old, you know that, right around that age. So He was 19 when he started, so yep. I mean, Just Gumby and Velvet Jones. and Velvet uh, Jones. Buckwheat. I mean, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood is one of the funniest sketches you'll ever see. We, we, we knock his like his horrible like mid-80s party all the time uh, music video, but the dude could legitimately, legitimately sing because his Stevie Wonder impersonation on SNL was killer. Yeah. Him and, he sounded like Joe Stevie. Piscopo, him and Joe Piscopo doing Frank Sinatra. And yeah, and, and good for him because he's actually, you know, we talked about we love him from his early days, but it was really raunchy. My kids now know of him. They didn't know his name, but now they know, oh, that's the guy from this, because he's done a lot of animated stuff, kids' movies, kids like a lot of stuff they love. So yep. good for him and rocking it. All right, your next one. Go ahead. Robert Downey Jr., another 80s guy. So I got a little I guess not an 80s guy, but you know. Yeah, but he was in those great some great 80s movies. Uh Weird Science is one of my favorite movies of all time. Class tremendous. Great great movie. Mm-hmm. Less than Zero, which I don't really remember, but I know those were one of the movies. Never there. saw it. Um so when he was getting in trouble in the 80s when his rehab stints or run-ins with the law, his I believe his grandparents own a house in Old Saybrook. 
Oh, we got a story coming. I love this, folks. We've so got an I, Eric story. I never saw him, but there was a famous restaurant in town. So anytime he would get in trouble, you knew within the next couple of weeks he'd be at that restaurant with his grandparents. Really? Yep. So that late 80s, you know, 89, 90, 91, right around that time. So um, my high school days, that's when. He, so he's like a, his grandparents are from Connecticut? I believe so. Yeah. I, I've never looked it up, but I actually walked by the house the other day where it says Downey on the front porch. And that's, that's, the- that's kind of funny. His father, I don't know if he's still with us. Robert Downey senior was, I mean, he, he was, he was a director. I think he was like, he was like, I mean, he was like in the business or I think acted in some movies. So I did not know there was a Connecticut connection with the Downies. Uh, uh, the other one, it's, uh, you know, I guess he's probably, oh man. That's a tough call. How old? He's like 55? Very close. 56. All right. So an amazing actor. An amazing actor. Um, Kaplan was I, he's, yeah, and he's sort of hitched his wagon to the Marvel Comics movies last few years, so I haven't really been into his stuff, but uh, I'm sure he's good in that because that guy would be good reading the phone book. All right, this last one made you uh, feel old. Tell me about it. I kind of tipped my hat um, about this next. I gave you pretty much a good guess. So I know back in the day, back in like, I don't know, I don't know, you're so like, yeah, maybe like high school, college age years for you. Uh, you were probably tuned into Beverly Hills 90210. That's probably a big show for you. You loved it, right? You watched it every week. Melrose Place, come on. Melrose, <laughs> Melrose Place was actually not awful. Uh, but yeah, uh, Beverly Hills 90210. All those kids were supposed to be teenagers. Uh, and Jenny Garth. Jenny Garth was, was the blonde one. 49. Boom. I gave you a guess. You told me the answer, basically. Come on. I said she was two days older than I was. So she's yeah. old birthday on Friday. One of my yesterday. favorite, one of my favorite age jokes about that show was whenever the Simpsons would rip on 90210. Yeah. They'd have like a Krusty the Clown anniversary show, and Luke Perry would be the guest on the show. And he'd be all wrinkled. And every time he smiled, they'd have the crow's feet. Yeah, the crow's feet. Exaggerated. Yeah. Oh my God. I laughed so hard. So hard. And like the woman who played, the, I had to say woman because she was a woman. The woman who played, like I forget the name of the character, the goody goody, like class, class president girl. She's in with charge. The glasses. She's the president of SAG after. She's the president of SAG now. She's like she's like sixty five. I think she's older than Alec Baldwin, which means she was like thirty playing the high school junior. Yeah, she was older than the mother in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Oh my God. That's oh, you want okay. Oh, okay. Here's Brian's this week's Brian's like, stupid, stupid, obscure. Yeah. Gabrielle Carteris, right? Gabrielle Carteris. Yeah, she's the SAG president now. Yeah, she's like, look her up. She's, I think she's 65. Well, actually, don't look her up. That's a waste of time. I have, I, I, I'm, I'm about to tie in stupid, stupid trivia, obscure fact. My, I like to do this every week because I, I just watched Trading Places, like I said, three nights ago. Like one night, it was just, I think it was the night the Mets were supposed to be on. It was on like Showtime or something. Because I still haven't cut the cord, which wife is going to divorce me if we don't cut it soon. Um, and you know the scene where Eddie's in jail, the beginning, and he's the you know he's about to get his butt kicked. Like, I'm a karate man. The big two big dude, the two big dudes lift him up. Yeah. And then the guard comes in. He goes, Valentine. Yeah. You, you made bail. I did. All right. The guy who the guy who was on the screen for a minute, the police officer says, Valentine, you made bail. Is the dad from nine? I go. That's the dad from nine hundred two one zero. No kidding. That's what I. That's what I got, folks. Gabrielle is sixty, by the way. All right, whatever.
Born January 2nd, 1961. Well, in my mind, she's 74 years old. Exactly. All right, buddy. Good list. It really got us off the rails as usual, which is... <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Good job. Thank you. Have yourself a wonderful birthday tomorrow. Thank uh, you. And to all your, the folks in your life that are celebrating this week. Hopefully you'll be spoiled tremendously because you deserve it. So I do. I really... I, I won't be, but I really do. Next week, we'll talk about the new NCAA champion. We'll have uh, Mets baseball to talk about. Hopefully, we'll have some decent Yankee and Red Sox baseball to talk about. But in the Masters. So. And the Masters. That's a, yeah, this is a good old-fashioned great first week of April. Full full uh, slate of baseball games. No off date. Not, not very many off days. You know, some basketball and some Masters. Feels good. Feels good to talk about. Springtime. Springtime. All right. That'll do it for this edition of the EDBC Podcast. Eric Dobratz and Brian Coleman. Until next time, Brian, say goodbye. See ya.